This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Happy Friday, everybody. We are back. We're coming in hot. There's been a lot of conversation already, and we are coming in hot. And we're going to start right here with the ND3 Miata, which is not, I want to be clear, it's not a new version of the Miata. It is yet another tweak or refresh of the current fourth gen. Very interesting news coming out of Japan on this. Yes, we have seen your questions and your thoughts about it already, and it's not yet announced for North America. Mm-hmm. But what's most interesting is that there haven't been any major changes towards what you and I discuss about mm-hmm. hybridization or electrification or anything like that on one of the smallest chassis yep. car manufacturers on the planet make. So no major changes. We're seeing new LED headlights and taillights, nothing for body. It does get new radar for adaptive cruise. It has a new screen, a little bit of trim. New limited, uh, different if, limited slip differential. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. there's tweak. Here's the thing I do like about this is they aren't just letting it ride. I mean, they could. And they, and they good absolutely enough. could. It's good enough. They totally could. So I'm surprised that Mazda is spending another refresh cycle at all on this car because it's very good. I'm surprised they're tweaking it at all. The marketing people were bored this and makes me, something to write about? Well, but it makes me wonder how much longer they intend to push the fourth gen because I do believe mm. that the fifth gen is coming and I think it'll probably be hybridized somehow. So are they giving this one a shot in the arm in order to give themselves three or four extra years? I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I kind of think so. I mean, that's usually yeah. what you do even though there is a track record of the Europeans doing the special edition for one final yes, model year of the last run of the thing. But... There's no indication from Mazda that this yeah. is this is it, everybody. The new one's coming, and it'll be totally different. There's no teasing of anything. It's just sort of like, well, we got to get more dirty dishwater out of this rag. Yeah, it's a very I cool I like that car. they're paying attention to it and still doing stuff to it. But yeah, this just means they're buying time with all of us enthusiasts. I think so, too. It'll be very curious if it comes to the U.S. Let's hope it does. Over on Blipshift, our friends have introduced... More Gurr. So the Faster and Furious <laughs> shirt with the GR86 now in red. That is currently available. If you navigate to blipshift.com and under the shop tab, you can find our partner store there down to Everyday Driver and you'll see Gurr. More Gurr on there. And there's the continued shirts. There's also a, uh, a cool Lotus shirt that many of you have sent me that actually isn't one of our shirts, which I'm kind of surprised but it's your, by. But it's your yellow but car. It, it actually Did isn't. you get it? It actually isn't my yellow car. It. it was actually modeled on someone else's. I can tell that by the front end because I am a geek. <laughs> but to your point, that's pretty much our entire wardrobe at this point. So, of course, we're all trolling Blitzschiff. Oh, hey, another one of the car mm. I already have. I Well, I'm going to get it because I have to. I do have to say, in my defense, or just to show how awful I am, I am laughing at the fact that not only do I often wear the car, that the shirt, that goes with the car I'm in, but often the shirt that has the actual car on it, which makes me laugh even further. I, People yeah. are like, isn't that like the car that you're driving? I'm like, no, that is yeah, the I, car. I, I was somewhere recently and, and a guy walked up to me because I was wearing my uh, my Ad Lightness shirt. And he walked up to me and he said, utterly straight faced, oh, is it your Lotus in the parking lot? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What fact, gave it away? In fact, it's exactly this Lotus <laughs> in the parking lot because I am really that ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Just say foregone conclusion on this. Totally. Turn. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. 
Luckily, Armor All, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Autotempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Autotempest. All the cars. One search. Jose writes to us because he's looking for fulfillment. Mm, well, that, that, that sounds easy. We'll get that solved <laughs> in a minute. It's either easy or the wrong podcast, Jose. <laughs> he is sitting in his office having a listen to our prior episode, and he's got a small break from work. Your brain is still turning. All of our yeah. brains are still oh, working, absolutely. even though we're mm-hmm. pretending to work mm-hmm. while you're sitting typing. It's really just auto tempest searching, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. He has a car dilemma. He has a family of three, his wife, his three-year-old daughter, and 39-year-old Jose. He and his wife work from home. His daughter's daycare is two miles away, so they don't put on a lot of miles on their cars, but occasionally they travel for work. Mm-hmm. So that's where most of the miles get accumulated. They're also about 40 miles from the airport, so they put on probably about 10,000 miles a year combined. This is combined, by the way, over three cars. Mm-hmm. So 10,000 miles a year over three cars, which yes. is, in case you're keeping track, not much. It's not often we get rid of all three cars. No, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> wow, okay. Fire sale, Jose. Well, these cars include his wife's daily, a 2016 Mazda CX-5. Jose's, quote, I will never sell this car, unquote, 2017 man transmission BRZ with the performance package. What I like about this is then later on he admits that that car could go if it needed to, I which I do appreciate that. I first sell this car. But I love that you love it. That's great. That's <laughs> what great. if I sold it? And a 2023 manual transmission Wrangler Rubicon, which is the family hauler most of the time. Now, I find that very interesting because when I read 2023 Wrangler Rubicon, I don't think, oh, well, that's the family hauler. I, I don't just don't. Either. It's it's just it okay. I would think that the Mazda CX-5 would be the family hauler, except except that that his wife really likes it and Jose really really doesn't. He doesn't enjoy driving it and he doesn't enjoy being a passenger. And let's let's just let's sum it up. He doesn't like being in it. Okay? <laughs> he doesn't even like being in his wife's Mazda CX-5 even though she likes it. He got the Wrangler is because he wanted something he says more practical that could be used as a family car cuz he doesn't like being in the Mazda. Now, I don't think of the Wrangler Rubicon as practical either. Bigger, sure. Practical, not really. Mm, not so much. Well, Jose thought he would be fulfilled after he bought the Wrangler last year, but he keeps thinking what other cars he should get in replacement of any of them. So scroll back up. I will never sell the BRZ. Mm-hmm. Scroll down. What if I replaced any of them or all of them? Well, it also, eh. he lo- his wife loves her CX-5, and yet he puts that on the table anyway. <laughs> they're, they're all sacrificial lambs at this point, yeah. <laughs> Everything goes. Maybe you should have a garage sale, too. I mean, while we're at it. <laughs> Let's just clean it all out, <laughs> What if man? we just cleaned Let's out just the clean garage? It all out. Yep. 
and we went minimalist and get a Tesla and a Polestar and there you're you done. Go. No, terrifying. We're going to have an estate sale. Everything <laughs> yes, must exactly. go. Well, he loves this Wrangler, but there's an open recall, he says, on the manual transmission. Apparently, it can cause a fire and there's no fix for it yet. So every time he drives it with his family, he gets nervous. Except he can't take the whole family in the BRZ and he doesn't want to be in the wife's CX-5. We've got a compounding problem here. <laughs> a transmission that might explode into flames. Uh, this is Okay, all right, mm. things are happening. Got it. Well, should he convince his wife to sell the CX-5, which has paid off? Okay. Should he sell the Wrangler? He's got about 15 grand in equity. Should he get the family car that they both enjoy? Mm. And then he's looking over here at the new Lexus GX550, although he'd like to stay below 50 grand. Yes, if you're looking at Lexi in that category. Mm -hmm. Although the TX is the Grand Hyler equivalent, the GX550 is truly a body on frame, kind of mm -hmm. focused off rotor. Yeah. This is pretty significant for Lexus. I mean, it's sort of like sit back and enjoy Chopin and an espresso. <laughs> While you're climbing Mount Everest or something. <laughs> Chopin for landing. Got it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I should have written the marketing brief. You should have. But he also likes the facelifted GX460 and the Porsche Cayenne, but he's not sure about reliability. Well, just with any <clears throat> car. Old used Cayenne? Sorry. Should I just we... woke up. Did somebody say old used Cayenne? <laughs> Wait, what was this? Should we interview someone who owns Cayennes to ask about reliability? That's who, weird. Who do we know? I don't know, man. Do it's we know weird. anyone? I, it, okay, there's the money in the maintenance. Uh, Jose, there's a series on our, our 2010 Cayenne. And it still is around. And now we might turn it into kind of like the Cayenne equivalent of a Wrangler Rubicon. So madness is occurring. And uh, that car just runs. Everything he's suggested were SUVs. And then mm -hmm. his next sentence says, what is a good family car? Mm-hmm. That is also fun and can fit five people. Now he has a family of three. I was going to scroll back up and count, uh -huh. recounting. Yes. Wife, three-year-old daughter, Jose. Mm -hmm. It's three people, right? There, there are two more apparently regularly uh, taking seats in cars. So, okay, five people. Good <laughs> Jose, to know. is that your invisible friend? It, it, or, or the in-laws have shown up. Oh, One of the, the two have happened. It that, could be the in-laws. Yes. The other option Jose has been thinking about is to sell the BRZ, which has also paid off. I sell like the you could sell it. Look at that. Yes. All right. <laughs> Sell the BRZ, the quote unquote. I will never get rid of it. I think it's tattooed on his arm. I, I'll I never sell this car. Uh -huh. Gosh, what am I going to turn this tattoo what, into? What, what this proves, Jose, is that you are a car person because <laughs> totally. the car you never ever want to sell, you know, like, but what if I did? <laughs> what, anyway, onward. What options could I think of? He thinks he can get 18 grand for the BRZ and then put that with the 15,000 equity of the Wrangler and upgrade to a new generation manual Supra, a 987 Cayman, or a Lexus RCF. Hmm. Record scratch insertion here. Please okay. do not buy the Lexus RCF. It does not drive like you think it does, and I think you would hate it instantly. Mm. That's based, Jose, entirely on your list of cars you've had, mm -hmm. which include a BMW Z4. You've had a, you've got the BRZ now, and you want to go to a car. It's like the wet blanket of not interesting handling, heavy, mm -hmm. not engaging. It doesn't drive how you think it will. It drives like a Lexus in a coupe shape. You want it to be the Lexus equivalent of a Corvette, and that is yeah. the LC500. True. Which is actually still actually more staid than the Corvette, but the LC500 yes. is what the old guy that's never had a sports car that mm. buys his first sports car as a Corvette, what that guy really wants is the Lexus LC500. Agreed. Because he's not going to yeah. drive the Corvette hard enough to make the Corvette make any sense. He'd be much happier in the LC500. The RCF yes. is, it's almost an LC500. No, it is not. It is a coupe shape <laughs> yes. of the IS, which the IS is fine, but you're not going to buy an IS because you're searching for sports car. 
And I would still point you to BMW or Mercedes or pretty much anything else. So I'm ready for the RCF letters. I'm ready They're for coming. people to say, yeah, this fine. is the best car I've ever driven. And I encourage you to continue to investigate other cars, keep driving other cars and use that as a comparison. However, this means he wants to stay under his $50,000 loan okay. cap. So his budget is about 65 grand. So he's open to suggestions. He would like the sports car to be rear wheel drive and manual extra points. If it is a mid or rear engine, mm. gosh, who makes any of those? I don't know. We'll figure it out here. So the cars he's had include a Jeep Renegade. I think that's where that Jeep love came from. Yeah. It was yeah. a CJ7 from 1984. The 84 manual Renegade. Yeah, the CJ7 for sure. 01 Ford Focus, manual transmission. 04 Ford Focus SVT, manual transmission. 2014 manual transmission Veloster. 2017 like BRZ, the current one. He had a 19, 1999 automatic SLK230. Mm, who's had one of those? Oh, look at that. Oh, and no. then he had an 04 automatic transmission BMW Z4. I mean, <laughs> apparently, you watched our cheap sports car challenge. Exactly. And, of course, now he has this 2023 manual Jeep Wrangler Rubicon as the practical family car, which there's a lot of things. I, I'm sorry, i got to hit it again. A lot of things I like about the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon, but practical family car is not what springs to mind. <laughs> Once we get up to the $65,000 range and above, Jose, I look at things as a little bit more flexible on uh, <laughs> on the high end. Of course you do. But why not invest in the family car using more dollars because you've suggested doing something like get a family car, a cheap family car for about 18. Mm. Why spend that little on the family car? That even though you drive very little, you want it to be something you look forward to. Because again, road trips. Scrolling back up, you said you do some mm -hmm. road trips and mm -hmm. you take people to the airport. And up to five people means other people want to be happy too. So it's not just, this is car enthusiast thinking. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. Let's spend as little as we can on the thing that takes the family around so I can pour all the dollars into my fun sports car. This is car guy thinking. It's, you were right. It's yes. the joke about the house. Mm -hmm. It's got a hot plate, a bathroom, a cot. And a 16-car garage. I'm not even sure it's got a shower. Exactly. It's just <laughs> I'll go to the local gym and yes. shower there. I could shower at the gym. It's going to be fine. So I do like your interest in the GX550, even though you're going to have to up your budget and up your game for those. I was thinking GX550 and like a $15,000 Boxster. Hmm, okay. Because I don't see Porsche anywhere on your list here. I love that you've had that Z4. I love that you've had the BRZ. I like that you're interested in the GR Supra. The manual is really superb, but again, you'd have to spend a lot less on the family car to get your $50,000 GR Super Manual. Mm -hmm. But guess what? The new Honda Accord Hybrid is large. It's a five passenger. It's fun to drive and fully loaded. It's $39,000. That's a very good point. Yeah. The Honda Accord Hybrid, I know you didn't see that coming, but the weird thing is neither did Todd or I. In our mm -hmm. new Honda Accord release on our test drive channel, we just thought, okay, here it is. The Accord, it's been around forever. What is this? Mm -hmm. This is superb. Listen, watch our review. It's also on, uh, on as a podcast yep, as well. It's both so places, yep. Watch or listen to that and you will find discovery just like we did. Because if you only spend $39,000 on a semi-fun to drive car that gets great gas mileage is pretty, it's got great space, it's pretty big in the back seat. Mm. That leaves you 20 to 30 grand to get a fun manual transmission car. Because that GX550, if you don't take it off-roading, which I kind of get the idea you didn't do with your Wrangler Rubicon, mm -hmm. why have it 
Mm. Why have the body-on-frame off-road capability that yeah. that GX550 can provide? Why not go with the TX, which is a Lexus Grand Highlander? And if you're doing that, why don't just buy a Grand Highlander? But that seats eight adults. You don't need that much space. <laughs> so let's right. go down the list of SUVs that Toyota builds. Maybe just like a RAV4, but why are we talking SUVs? Let's go for the car. Mm. I think the Accord is kind of saving cars and it's excellent. So that ups your budget with that twenty to 30,000 range. That ups your budget for any Cayman or upgrade to a GR86 because you've got a 2017 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. BRZ. Why not just spend 30 grand on a GR86 and you've got more power. You've got the car that you kind of set out to get. Just wondering, Jose. Interesting. Accord plus GR86, that's an interesting garage. We haven't even dealt with your wife's car yet, but you know what? I'm just starting with two. <laughs> that's good stuff. And you and I went to some similar places, but not completely, but there's a lot of great stuff in there. Jose, what I love is you so have the car disease, and you are in the right <laughs> totally. place. You, you, you have all the stuff that makes all the yes, sense, we and are then you your keep people. shopping, and then you buy something else, and the car that you thought you'd always have forever, now you might get rid of it. I, I love this whole story. Are you going to clean out uh, his garage? I'm not, but I am going to say this to you. Uh, your wife, I'm sure, is listening to this at some point, and I am, I'm going to acknowledge this. In the middle of this conversation, you say two things. First off, my wife loves her CX-5, followed by, let's sell my wife's CX-5. <laughs> you know, let's leave her CX-5 alone. Okay. She likes it. It's paid off. That's funny. She's not complaining about it. Don't rock so the boat. Don't, don't sell her car out from under her because then the problem <laughs> that happens is whatever you get, she has to like as much as the CX-5 you got rid of. Honey, I'm taking your car. Say goodbye. It's not, it's not just that she has to like it. She has to like it enough that the fact that the CX-5 is gone is not a problem. And I've run into this with my wife. Uh, when we went from her much beloved and quarter million mile GMC Yukon that we had put transmissions and brakes and all kinds of things. And, mm -hmm. and we got a brand new GMC Acadia. She never liked that Acadia half as much as that Yukon. Yeah, that's true. And so now I was down two things. We ended up with a car we didn't love in the Acadia and she'd gotten rid of the car she loved to get it. Oh, that's why you're so, stocking up on Cayennes. That's, that's why we're now, that, that's my pay payback. Huh? I'm now stocking up on Cayennes just to try to keep, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Honey, what about another Cayenne? You like those. Let's just get another one of those. Get another Let's one. keep the old one. Let's just have them all. They're anyway, like Pringles. But, but no, seriously, the point I'm making here is there's no point in bothering her car right now. If she likes it, mm. she's happy with it, it's paid off, keep that. Sell the BRZ, sell the Wrangler. This gives us, to your estimation, somewhere in the neighborhood of, now you've done math a couple different ways here. On one place, you've said your budget is 65K. But another place, you've talked about $18,000 that you would get for the BRZ. Mm -hmm. And then you've talked about that 65K is over and above that. You've kind of discussed this two different ways. What I see here Car is, enthusiast, Matt. Totally. Because you've talked about 15K in equity off the Wrangler plus a loan getting you to 65K yeah. for the second car. So, my, so what I'm sensing here is, based on the way this reads, you've got at least 65 grand to work with here and two cars to get. And I agree with Paul's point, and that is, I'm concerned about you buying a torture device as the daily family car. Yeah. The really cheap thing. Now, I will say, if you are going to go really cheap family car under 20 grand, please just go buy an Accord or a Camry. Just, just buy one of those. You might get lucky and find a manual transmission Accord that, that you like, but the reality is just buy one of those two, do whatever maintenance it needs, and let it run. Okay? Don't look for sportiness. Don't look for it being the best car ever. Buy one of those two used and have a nice life. If that's really how you want to shop. I don't think that's how you want to shop. What I think you want for the new family car 
is the Honda Civic Si with a manual. That's cool. Surprising That's amount really of space. Cool. You can get five people in that car. Manual transmission for you to enjoy every single time you drive that car. That is every bit as practical as you would hope the Wrangler would be. And mm-hmm. that car is genuinely fun to drive. You don't mention if your wife can drive manual or not, but the Honda Civic Si is my big standout right now for family car that is also unassuming, good gas mileage, just runs, has space. It's the Civic Si. Now, your point about the Accord is is very valid, Paul, and that is significantly bigger and nicer in those things. But the Si is in the 30s, like the low 30s. Mm-hmm. And manual's the way it comes, so Honda Civic Si for the new family car, I think that's the like way it. to go. Now you're updating your sports car. I agree with Paul that you should at least drive the GR86. It could be argued all you're doing is upgrading your current car, and I'm actually fine with it. It's a very good car. But I at least want you to drive it so you are aware of the difference, even if you don't buy one. Just drive it so you're aware of the difference. The Supra might be out of your budget. It depends on how you're going to calculate this budget because you already spent 30-something on the SI. So a Supra is going to be another 50 on top of that. I don't know that you've got 80. I don't know that we're pulling that off. You could get yourself a used Cayman for this money. And you I might like be able yeah. to find an early, very early current Supra, but it would be the auto, which I don't think you want. So that brought up two wild cards, both of which you could get for your money that you have left over, which is, depending upon your swing in it, between 40 and maybe 50 grand or so. A manual, hard to find, but they're out there, Jaguar F-Type. That's cool. That is the classier upgrade of your BRZ, so that's one. And then the other one that is the BRZ upgrade that you probably are envisioning is the manual C7 Corvette. Go get that car. Oh, Go get yourself a manual C7 Corvette. I think the attitude that you probably enjoyed in the Wrangler is going to be evident there in the VET, possibly even the Jag, but definitely in the VET. And you're going to have the upgrade of everything you like about the BRZ done bigger, angrier, faster, more. So Mm. manual C7. So what about a manual C7 and a Honda Civic Si and your wife continues loving her Mazda CX-5? That's a pretty good garage. That's really good. All right. Well, write to us when you've got a debate like Jose's. You've got the the fuzzy accounting going on. Uh, Always. Bernie Madoff, Bear Stearns. (laughs) Easy. Not that fuzzy. (laughs) Not quite that fuzzy. No, 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 no. no. Not criminally fuzzy. (laughs) Enron. Like like argument in the kitchen fuzzy. Not I'm going to prison fuzzy. Okay? Yeah. Everyday driver TV at gmail.com for all your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We always recommend that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is brakes. An upgraded braking system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. From the track to the trail, even your morning commute, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter your vehicle and driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. Just go to PowerStop.com and you fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder. You'll get matched with complete kits with components that are low-dust, which we've seen, noise-free, which is amazing, and feature upgraded stopping power. We've seen great results firsthand on our cars, and we encourage you to improve your car with better brakes from PowerStop. Brake upgrades made easy.
Stahl is writing to us from Norway, and he's saying for the last two summers, he and his minister of finance have enjoyed, count them, two, not one, two NB Miatas. That is two of the same generation Miata, but now they've sold them both, which means there's space in the garage and money on the table. So Stahl <laughs> is writing to the worst influences he can find, and that's us. What's that, like Sunday afternoon autocross with you and your wife? I, sure, You've I love this. You've got both Miatas. You know let's what? go. Let's Summer, do it all. Drag race. Let's go autocrossing. Let's race Summertime in Norway is lovely. Okay. I will say, yeah. having lived there. Summertime yes. in Norway is lovely, <laughs> and, and all of Scandinavia has major events on the longest day of the year. They pretty much just don't go to bed for 24 or 36 exactly. hours. I mean, why would exhausted. you? It's just constant party. So you could probably go autocrossing for part of that day nice. and still be on the boat later. Excellent. That's how that works. Well, Styles Daily is a 2019 Mazda 6 2.5 naturally aspirated. Mm. But he has recently discovered there is a supercharger kit oh, from no. VT Racing China. Some guys, he says, have had great experiences with it, getting 260 to 280 wheel horsepower. Okay. Do we think a $5,000 upgrade on his daily would be less stupid than a third $5,000 Miata next year? So, Which is less stupid. So hang on. So this is where the podcast, after 800 and something episodes, is wound up. We've now wound up at, we are deciding what's less stupid. The, the, the bar is, we're going to make poor decisions. Exactly. But the question is, which is less so? Of the lesser stupid things mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Well, you've had Miata's style. He, yes. He says, it could end up as a science project. He said all he can hear is the fantastic speech by Ian Malcolm, by the way, that was uh, Jeff Goldblum's character in, in Jurassic Park, where he said, your scientists are so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. <laughs> he's asking us, should he do this? He said he's looked around, he thinks there's probably less than 200 people in the world, based on what he's dug around, that have this supercharger kit on this Mazda 6. He said, is this tuning out of class? Is there something else he should do? He said, the itch is hungry. That is a very funny (laughs) sentence. Style, here's my biggest caution on this idea, which I admit for like car car disease, people like ourselves, you mentioned Mm -hmm. that you're going to go, you can do a what now? (laughs) This exists. The problem is twofold. You've said it could end up as a science project, which is exactly what I think it would be. You've said there's very few of them, which means there's not a lot of them for people to test on and find, oh, so this is going to break and be sure you reinforce Mm. this. There's not a lot of that. And the worst part of this is it's your daily. You don't want your daily car to also be your science project. I'm not a big science project guy anyway. I'm not a big project car guy anyway, but I will say do not count on your project to also be your daily. This is where I think this is a bit scary. So many great quotes from that first movie. (laughs) There's a lot of them, yes. All major theme parks have delays. When they opened Disneyland in 1956, nothing worked. Well, yes, John, if Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of good ones. It's a very good one. Stahl, I'm wondering if there's cars in your stable that you aren't telling us about. Mm, Probably. Is that the case? Maybe. That's a good question. Because I'm wondering if this is just fun car. Because you said... For the past two summers, you've enjoyed these Miatas, but you mm-hmm. sold them. I'm guessing you sold them because you could get more money for them, which you have in your pocket, and you've got this leftover Mazda 6 that you do daily, <laughs> uh-huh. but do you have an EV? You're wondering how much of a daily it actually is. You're wondering if this yes. is the car that's sitting over there because he really could daily X 
on the other side. But I bet you you have more than five grand. The problem is you can't just look at this supercharger upgrade as five grand and that's it. That is a very good point. It yes. just will cost me five grand and not a penny more. <laughs> Honey. That's what they told me. Look, right here, it says it on the website, 4999. That's all it's going to be. That's all it's going to cost. A little bit of shipping it'll get here. It's 5200 I'll be done. We made uh -uh. how much on those Miatas and it went where? Yeah. <laughs> it went all into your Mazda 6? Are that you kidding me? That isn't currently running and is leaking onto yes. the driveway? It's a good thing it's longest day of the year. Get your butt under there and fix it. The other thing that I'm hearing is you're trying to turn that Mazda 6 into your summer car, into the fun car, which inherently it is not. That is where we're tuning out of class. So could you sell the Mazda 6 mm. and not consider that, but then you could invest in something with all those dollars, a single car. I, I really do love the fact that you and your wife have both so you can... Well, you don't have to trade. You can just go do stuff mm -hmm. and you can, I, I see you weaving in and out of traffic and you're cutting people off and you're doing stupid things. Miata for them is a verb. You're going to Miata this way. I'm going right. to Miata that way. We'll and meet at lunch. whizzing past uh -huh. everybody. Yeah. And I, I see you just going crazy with these cars. Maybe that's not the case. Just let me have my fun. All right. <laughs> that's what we do here. <laughs> but I'm wondering if you're trying to ask, I just want to pare it down to one summer fun car. And that's why I'm wondering in the background, if you don't have another car or cars mm. that are left off of this email, don't supercharge your Mazda 6 that needs to get you places. To be the daily, yeah. Because you'll spend more money and you'll rush the job trying to get it up to speed mm -hmm. so it can be reliable. I don't know of any software company in the world that has ever used their customers as beta testers. People don't do that. Software companies don't do that to their no, customers, do that. they? No, nobody This does supercharger that. company wouldn't dare use their no. customers as a beta tester, I'm right? I'm sure there's been plenty of very above-board R&D. Maybe ask you to write your experience on the forum, and please tell us how it went, because we're mm -hmm. curious to know. We haven't actually done this too much, so <laughs> hopefully it worked. If it doesn't, sorry. Yeah, all right. Here's our dead customer service call number. <laughs> that you will be waiting. <laughs> Why am I still on hold? I, yeah. I have concerns still. <laughs> it sounds cool. But you know what else sounds cool is a Veloster N with a manual because the Mazda 6 front wheel drive. And what about a cool, already turboed, already sorted, maybe still under warranty mm. Veloster N? Mm, okay. Or some, there's such a range these days of great front wheel drive cars. We've currently got yet another Civic Type R awaiting yes. driving. So our fourth, which I can't believe. This is, hang on, the brief side note. This is what's <laughs> funny about press cars. And we're very, very thankful to get them in our yes. local area here in Salt Lake area because we are about 400 miles. So that's basically a day's drive from Denver where the actual closest press fleet is. Yes. So in order for us to get cars, they have to drive magic. We had Nick on the podcast a while back. He used to do this for us. Fantastic guy that did a lot of road miles just getting us cars. They will drive a car out and then they'll put it through the circuit. There's like five different outlets that get cars cars in this area and we're one of them they'll put it to the circuit and then take a car home but the thing that happens is we end up with our production schedules mm -hmm. of needing yes. certain cars at certain times and we will fight paul will fight especially tooth and nail to have a specific car on a specific day for us to do a specific shoot and then there is nothing funnier than you have just fought for that car in this case the civic type r just fought for that car to have it on camera for a shoot we did mere weeks ago mm -hmm. and then Surprise, because generally we know what's coming. But every now and then there's like a car that works its way into the fleet and they go, by the way, this is coming tomorrow. 
and we just have a civic type r show up in the driveway like two weeks after we Poof. needed one and you fought for and got one off because that piece is coming in a week which is really cool Civic yes, type r yes. piece with the uh civic the pardon me the integra type s and the audi s3 which by the way is very similar and same money so this is why this is a benchmark coming. yeah for sure but it is funny that right after that shoot got in the can is when we found out oh by the way civic type r is coming so that's in the driveway now and we're enjoying that since we're on Jurassic Park, stop. Oh, okay, let's do it. And we're talking about what you're thinking about doing here. And Resurrecting dinosaurs? Well, Please go there. Please that. go there again. Don't worry, I'm not making the same mistakes again. No, you're making all new ones. Stahl, I don't want you to go make all new mistakes. So I'm suggesting, let's say you want a supercharged car, not a turbo. What about a Mini? What about, oh, you want something supercharged yeah, and the supercharged one yeah. and mm -hmm. something different sure, and fun sure. and still mm -hmm. snorty and just a lot of fun? How about a Mini? And now, okay, you've got to put a meatball on the side and you've got to put some racing stripes on it and do something cool with it. And goofy then with the mini, sure. You and, you and your wife can have all new adventures. I like that. That sounds kind That's of interesting. Good. There's so many already sorted front-wheel drive, super or turbocharged cars out there. Mm. I want to caution you, even though you said the itch is hungry and the itch must be fed. <laughs> the itch is <was laughs> hungry. Don't go in there. There's an itch in there. It's really hungry. It's really hungry. I'm just cautioning you because I don't want this to eat up all the dollars mm -hmm. that you just made from selling those two Miatas. And it has to be the daily, which really scares me. You know what a third Miata will do. You've had two of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Adding a yet a third one will just be, you, you'll kind of be like, why did we sell these? Oh yeah, we got, we made money off them, but mm -hmm. still I know what it does and what I can do. If that is what the itch requires, then <laughs> feed the itch a Miata <laughs> and give, give it that. But I'm just saying now could be a really nice opportunity to sell that Mazda 6 because it's a 2019. It's still new enough. You can still get good dollars for it. The car market still might recognize the fact that you could get good dollars for it. And that will really open up some new things, things you haven't considered. But again, I don't know what your other cars are, mm -hmm. so I don't know what your needs are. Yeah. Well, needs. <laughs> car enthusiast needs are different we, than we, regular we people's needs. We don't needs. operate a whole lot of needs here on the Everyday Driver Podcast. <laughs> no, that's not really happening much. Super subjective. Uh -huh. But what about all those front-wheel drive cars? We're talking about Type S's and Type R's. Mm -hmm. Those are expensive new, but that's why I point to the Hyundai products, mm -hmm. the Elantra N's, the Veloster N's that are just so fun. And then I can't not say GR86. I can't not say BRZ. Sure, I see it. Yeah. Those are so much dang fun. Stahl, I have a couple other thoughts for you here. First off, I'm going to come back to um, <clears throat> be very careful with your daily. But the other thing about it is the fact that, okay, clearly you like the Miata. You like the dynamics of the Miata. And anything you buy as a fun car is going to keep getting compared to the Miata. So that made True. me go, wait a minute. You've got you know five plus grand available that you got from selling two fun, cheap convertibles. But what I really think you're missing in your life is a cheap, fun convertible. But you're in luck. Watch our $8,000 sports car thing. But two, I want to absolutely point you to because I'd like you to have the Miata experience done different. Instead of just buying another Miata, let's feed the itch, if it's that hungry, <laughs> yes. with another rear-wheel drive convertible. How about a BMW Z3? similar era of that NB Miata, or the early 2000s Toyota MR2 Spider. Both of those can be found rear-wheel drive, manual transmission, convertible. So you're mm. going to have a Miata Alt for similar money. And in both cases, I mean, buying cars for $5,000, they're going to need something. But any car at $5,000 is going to need something. And also, it doesn't have to be your daily. 
And if you get yourself a BMW Z3 or an MR2 Spider, there is so much information about what those cars can and can't do, what you can add to them, how to fix this, or finding parts. Versus your <laughs> super, versus your supercharged, less than 200 in the world, yeah. Mazda 6. I mean, that sounds really exclusive and nice. It sounds exclusive and nice if it runs. Yeah, Exclusive and nice is great if it's got like a really high-end badge on it. Oh, this is super exclusive. If it's right. super exclusive because I'm the only one that's ever done this, that means project car. That's what <laughs> exactly. that means. Yeah, for sure. So BMW Z3s and Toyota MR2 Spiders, they exist. Just about everything you can imagine has been done to them. Just about everything you can think of has broken on one. So you can just dig in and go, oh, I need to, I need to reinforce that right away, or I need to fix this, or oh, that has that sound. I must do blank. Somebody's going to tell you, buy an MR2 Spider and put the Lotus Elise engine in it. And then you get a cheap Elise. That is something I have heard more times than I can count. Cheap. Cheap is cheap. relative here. But my point uh. is, get a nicely running Z3 or, be, uh, pardon me, Toyota MR2 Spider, and make it run better and enjoy the alt cheap convertible. Stahl, taking dinosaurs off this island is the worst idea in the long, sad history of bad ideas. You are really enjoying <laughs> yourself. We're going to be there when you learn that. <laughs> You've really enjoyed yourself. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As always, you guys are great with questions. I would actually request that if you haven't rated or reviewed this podcast, we would love that wherever you listen to it. If it's iTunes, if it's Spotify, wherever, we would greatly appreciate your rating. That is what keeps this podcast in the top 10, sometimes top five automotive podcasts worldwide. People regularly reach out and say they found the podcast by looking through ratings of podcasts, automotive podcasts, what are the best ones. You guys' rating makes all the difference. Thank you for that. Also, yes, I know not everybody watches YouTube. I know that's crazy. I know not everybody watches YouTube for long-form content. We're just all right. watching shorts on our phone because this is how we want to consume content now. This is why we do shorts too. But my point is, if you have a chance to watch our South Dakota piece or any of our long-term YouTube pieces, we would really, really appreciate it. We might be doing more posts to Amazon, but that is TBD. We are no longer on the Motor Trend Cable channel. I don't know that that's going to happen because in case you haven't gotten the news, cable's not doing well. Anyway, side note and into the <laughs> film industry, but moving on. So we are going to keep posting to YouTube. Both of our channels, Test Drive, is on Sundays. Those are standalone reviews. And about every other Thursday, we have a big new comparison or actual one of our long-term car reviews on our original Everyday Driver channel. We would love for you to watch those and actually Actually give them likes, share them, give comments. All that stuff matters because the YouTube algorithm is listening. Forrest Jenkins on Instagram says, It's Halloween season. What mm. are our favorite horror movies? Mm. The first favorite is the one where Ferrari decides to build an SUV. And they call it the Purosang. Wow. That's you went there. First that was not a horror <laughs> film I would have thought of. All right. Good to know. Second yeah. one is the Tesla panel alignment video from their factory. <laughs> Also a good one. Want to really scare yourself? I think this was a legit question, but you have taken it fantastic places. I love it. This is good. What's the third? I want to hear the third of your top three. That was a pretty good start right there. That's I'm, not bad uh, at all. Otherwise, not into horror. But those are really entertaining. I mean, they're scary. Was it the, the curse of the IMS bearing? Is that the third That's one? probably the that third. That might be up there. And yeah. when you scratching sound, like, what, what is that noise? I've never heard that before. 
That's terrifying. Engine lights. That's just another day owning a Lotus Elise. Speaking of things we own, Jordan asked this question, and I think I probably should update you, the audience, on this. We have no video to back it up, but he's saying, how is the blue C8 treating us? So I am going to have to tell a little story. You are going Settle to. Settle in, folks. Get the pipe. You know, start a fire. <laughs> put on a robe. You know, get your adult beverage of choice because there's a story coming. The C8 is awesome. If you watch our South Dakota piece, uh, both Paul and I wax lyrical about what a great GT car it is to the point that we start wondering why anybody drives anything else cross country. Okay, that is how, how well it did. That's what we do here. Then we had our Colorado meetup, which was awesome. It was the first time we'd done kind of a higher-end meetup, and it was spouse-friendly, including my spouse. And she had a great time in the C8. I purposely chose for my wife and I to take the C8 Corvette on the Colorado road trip because, can you imagine, anyone that has met my wife, and I'm looking at Paul, who's already <laughs> laughing, tried to get my wife to pack into a small duffel bag with me and then survive shoulder to shoulder in the Elise through a hot summer drive. Could be turned into a circular salatio. Yes, and anger would follow. So there's all of these things. Plus, you know, my wife actually loves that car for about an hour, but that's not what we were doing. So we took the C8. We had a great time. Yeah. The, the, the ridiculous back end has a lot of storage, and we used all of it. It was wonderful. The car was great. You took your Cayman, had a great time. We had a really good road trip on that. The night when we got back, dun, dun, dun. I came over here to podcast, mm -hmm. and I left really late. Don't normally we normally podcast during the day. I left late that night. It wasn't stormy, but it was dark. It was dark, and there are def definitely a lot of roads here in the Park City area that are pitch black, no streetlights, and that's where I was headed. And I went past somebody, big, uh, big Lincoln Navigator, to get ahead of him going down this hill. But I need you to understand, I got past him and then went into total coast cruise. I'm headed home mode. It had been a long day. I'd been driving all day, coasting down this hill. Well, when the hill flattened out, that's when the headlights came up to reveal, standing in the flats, a herd, I'm not kidding you, a herd of deer. I have seen plenty of deer in roadways before, onesies, twosies, I've had near misses, we all have. This was a herd of deer stretched across the road. Not my best day. I slam there, there was cussing. I slammed on the brakes, and the C8 has very good power stop brakes. It came down surprisingly quickly but not quite fast enough. And then I had what almost looks like a comedy routine. If I tried to set it up, by the way, also this gets a little dark. Uh, if I tried to set up, I couldn't set up in a million years. I barely clipped. They started to part for me, and I was almost stopped. It was probably still doing the 20 or so. sea of deer. Yeah, it was, it was all across the road. There was, you couldn't see through them. That was what was so crazy. Yeah, yikes. The one off the left quarter panel, I just barely tagged a leg. Okay, so barely hit him. But the one just to the right of the center logo turned away from the car. So I'm seeing the white tail coming at me. And then the C8 is low enough and the deer was tall enough that it tucked its legs under. And it sat, I'm not kidding you, sat on the hood. You know that thing that happens when you get in a wreck or something weird happens and your brain takes in information so fast, everything slow-mo? I had that moment. Oh, man. Where the deer sat on the hood. And I'm not kidding you, fans. He left a smear <laughs> of deer poo on the hood. <laughs> As it was going over the hood, it went up the hood and up the windshield and then thudded somewhere back by the right quarter panel. Yeah, it, it hit the rear of the car. Yes, there, was, there was kicking. Hoof cleat marks. There was kicking the, on the yeah. right rear quarter yeah. panel of the car. So, so it went literally up and over, like, like perfectly missed the passenger side mirror going up and over so it could kick the rear quarter panel. That deer is no longer with us. But uh, I did stop pretty much immediately and get out to be very surprised that there is actually no mechanical damage. 
that we're aware of. No airbags, the windshield didn't mm-hmm. shatter, and most importantly, you are okay. Thank you, sir. I don't care about the car. I care I about it. you. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's all that matters. I called you and I called my wife mm-hmm. and got both of you thought, because I'm describing a herd of deer in the road, because that's yes. exactly what it was, both of you expected disaster. This is the place where the wedge shape of the C8 worked to my benefit. If I'd been in anything else, there would have been airbags and all kinds of stuff. Plus, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere close to stopped, yeah. which is what's crazy. So the result here, is, by the way, the front headlights aren't even damaged. It's the front clip yeah. and then some body paddle damage down the side. To, to our knowledge, we have we have actually driven the car a little bit since to double check. There appears to be nothing mechanical wrong with the car. There's no leaks. There's nothing, which is kind of miraculous. And I'm amazed the airbag didn't go because of the way I hit. Very thankful. So the C8 is currently in surgery, getting a little fixed. It's not camera ready. And th- yeah, that that is that is the right term. <laughs> not quite camera ready. Gonna need a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Still in makeup. Let's put it that way. <laughs> we'll return for more road trips in the future. I was pretty glad, as crazy as it sounds, to be in that car and have it turn out like it did. But it was not the best evening. I'm just glad you're okay. I appreciate it. That's all that matters. Okay, take off your robe and 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 stop your smoking pipe. We're gonna go back to other questions <laughs> oh, now. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. Danny Boy seventy one on Instagram says. What should be the absolute priority for a car enthusiast getting their first car? He said his son will be looking to get his first car and very much enjoys and understands them, but needs to hear good limitations from guys he trusts, at which point Danny Boy is pointing our direction, going, please help me, guys. Okay, here's my first recommendation. I really think first car should be a manual. I care about that even more than I care about what it is. I think it should be a manual transmission. So you learn the skill, the skill becomes subconscious, and all your limbs are moving and busy. There's nowhere to put the phone. Mm-hmm. You got to be busy. I think manual is key. I think, and and your son's not going to want to hear this, Danny, but I think, what is the insurance cost? Whatever a car you decide big, on, big insurance cost is yeah. going to be a factor. I also, and here's where I am different than some parents, I'd like you to get modern enough that you get airbags and it gets safe. Note the deer story. So there's those things. Mm-hmm. However, I also don't want you to get big in pursuit of safety. Okay? They're not get, necessarily synonymous. Get modern in pursuit of safety. Don't get big in pursuit of safety. Mm-hmm. So I would say manual transmission, not enormous, are two great factors. Rear-wheel drive is a bonus if you can get it. I mean... Uh, you don't need a lot of power. Power is not important. I'm going to say the same thing we do when people start track driving. Manual transmission and improve the tires. Get tires for the conditions yeah. you guys deal with. Yeah. Get manual transmission. Get something. Here, here's my recommendation. Something under 3,500 pounds. Bonus points if you can get under three. Have your son, have your daughter feel what a car is like when it's out of control. Mm-hmm. So they don't feel that feeling for the very first time when it really matters. Yes. And that means a driving school. Mm-hmm. That means track education or skid pad education. So they understand that feeling. And then they understand what are the techniques to be able to correct it? And what are some techniques to avoid that in the first place? When you do feel those tires and the grip starting to go, what are some techniques you can mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. to mitigate that or avoid it altogether? Because you don't want that out of control feeling. And that is why the general public thinks... Well, the only time I'm going to feel out of control is when I am and I just need something huge around me mm-hmm. so I can bash right through it and barrel through the accident. Mm-hmm. That's not always the safest thing. That's a good call. Richard A. on Instagram says, last episode we talked about the lack of beauty in modern design as cars have gotten edgy. Hmm. How much of the increased use of creases is related to using thinner sheet metal to save money and then adding creases back in to get the strength back? 
All I can think about, Richard, is the Tesla Cybertruck. And the joke among car designers is that is just a low polygon car. Mm. It's like a video game. They're all polygons and that, that just got like three polygons assigned to it. Designers have also looked at it kind of with their arms crossed going, good luck, because you are proposing flat stainless mm -hmm. panels on that truck. Mm -hmm. Have fun trying to get them aligned and have fun having them be rigid. That's why every panel on a car has slight crown, mm -hmm. usually in two directions, simply to add strength to that panel. But here you're proposing flat, meaning have you ever gotten a piece of sheet metal and it, it just wobbles? You can hold it in midair. Musicians mm -hmm. do this on stage to replicate the sound of thunder during mm -hmm. a concert. Mm -hmm. It just wobbles and wiggles and now you're proposing that is just a flat sheet? That seems opposite of what car designers and engineers have been Questionable, practicing are you for saying? 120 mm. years now. Mm. So you're going to have to do something else to get that strength back, but that's going to add weight and complexity and cost to the manufacturing. That's why every designer and engineer is kind of standing back going, all right, let's see you pull this thing off mm -hmm. because it's just flat. It's like a barbecue. It is a barbecue. You've seen the dozens and dozens and dozens of cyber trucks here in part. No, wait, no. They, have, they aren't out yet. They still aren't out yet. Yeah. Yes, to a point, but primarily design is not going to be considered with that, Richard, until engineering asks. Mm. Until engineering says, we've got a mandate to cut costs. But they're not necessarily going to go after the sheet metal because that's pretty much a given through, through every mm. bit of every roll of sheet metal they're buying for their production. It's not like, well, here we need a thicker gauge. That's usually going to happen on the chassis. That's usually going to happen at crash points and, and weld points mm. and adhesive points that's where the engineering gets focused on either using thinner different materials or making this more robust and strong not necessarily the exterior the exterior is really focused on the theme the design itself and there is inherently with most cars everyone except the Cybertruck that it will have mm. rigidity mm. to it because of its inherent compound curvature shape in the case of the Cybertruck everybody's just kind of waiting to see like is it just gonna be like a flappy barbecue door on the on your grill or making them look right is going to be a, a Herculean task. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Mostly they're con concerned with design. Here, here's a question uh, from Facebook that I did not expect, but I think I have an answer. Sean is asking, he said, hang on, what should one, this total curveball, what should one look for in a vehicle to transport multiple telescopes for amateur astronomy? Great suspension, Ooh. cargo space. He says he's concerned about vibration in terms of mirror alignment, looking for a third vehicle to haul stuff to dark sky places and doesn't even know where to begin. Sean, <clears throat> okay, two <laughs> things at once here. First off, I don't know what the places are you're trying to get to. If they are off-road, overlanding-style things, you need to get something that can properly handle where you need to get to. Secondarily, if you're buying this car, you're probably not just buying it to drive around for astronomy. So it's probably going to do something else. So what is the other thing this third car is going to do, and, and how will it do that well? Does it need to be? Are you going, here's a thought, you're not going down any dirt roads, but you're going down a lot of curvy mountain roads. Wouldn't you like something that handles the curvy mountain road well? I don't know your situation, but think about the other things the car has to do because the answer for your telescope transport is not about the car. I'm going to walk you over here, my friend, to Pelican Cases. Oh. We put... And everyone I know puts camera gear, expensive camera gear with refined lenses into Pelican cases. And these things, I don't encourage this, but I've seen it, get thrown into airplane cargo hatches. And they get rolled around airports and dropped. Get, get a running start. Dropped off of curbs and taken everywhere. But this is a foam cocoon 
They do not sponsor us, but I would welcome it. This is a foam cocoon that you can actually make custom-made for your telescopes. You can buy them actually pre-cut for telescopes if you would like, and if not, you can actually buy one that isn't pre-cut, and you can actually figure it out yourself. We do this for all of our gear. It is foolproof if you set it up right, and then it doesn't matter what the vehicle is. And it doesn't mm. matter, because here's the thing that's gonna happen. If you have them not in a Pelican case, but in the perfect vehicle, and you go over an unexpected bump, or you have to swerve in traffic, or something like that, and stuff rolls around, you're gonna be terrified. In the Pelican case, you're gonna be like, yep. See, here I was thinking shooting break, like shooting star. No, nope, just, you know, no, I like, like that. But I'm telling you, the answer long. is all about the case. I like that. Crash Testa 1 says, is the Bronco Wrangler rivalry the off-road equivalent of the Mustang Camaro rivalry? Yes, but only if giant tattoos are involved, like a full-back <laughs> tattoo <laughs> of a, <laughs> a Bronco. You got the horse on your back. You've got the sleeves. <laughs> you've got a full mural on your back, and you've got a beard to your nipples. This is how <laughs> this works. Go. This is how this works. Open Mic Knight says, are there any claims made in press releases that cause us to roll our eyes? Most mm. of the claims, and that's because... Marketing teams like to make their cars sound as if nobody's ever thought of this before. That is true. There's a lot of, doesn't everybody do that? I yeah. particularly take issue with the Mazda gate, mm. how they have not put a multi-link suspension in the rear of the Mazda 3 and gone with torsion bar, but still gotten a supple human walking-like gate. <laughs> And I'm just not feeling it. I'm just feeling crashy torsion bar. We like Mazda vehicles a lot, but they do really, really ride the horse and, and, and rider concept that, to the, death. The human the gait, whole, and it gives the, you the yes. natural mm -hmm. motion and flowing. And I'm just thinking, I've had multi-link suspension rear cars that feel a lot better than this. The, this is another thing that happens, actually, with Japanese manufacturers. There's a commonality of there's a Japanese word for everything. There is. And the Japanese word is always really grand. It's like this word that creates this cinematic Oscar-winning word picture. And I just keep going, for everything? There's one of those for everything? There's one little word that creates this perfect picture of the exact portrait of the most amazing thing a car has ever done. And everybody seems to find a Japanese word for, I don't know, all totally. of it. Well, so do the Germans for bulky baggage claim in the Frankfurt airport. Well, see, the thing about Germans is we have multiple <laughs> words for things and they just crush it into one word that's like 16 or it's 25 characters long. Word. It's quite crazy. Bulky that is not claim. necessarily pretty, but it, it does really make me laugh. Thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate your engagement and we really appreciate you sharing the podcast with yeah. people that need some levity in their lives. We hope they're car enthusiasts, but we hope to turn them into car enthusiasts mm -hmm. if they're not. And write to us with your debates because we're always wanting to help. We're always wanting to debate yeah. and see what's best and learn about cars. I mean, sometimes I feel like there just aren't enough choices out there. I just wish we had more sports cars. Why aren't there more sports cars to be had? But then we start looking at the number of cars being sold and other things being sent to us. We're like, where are all these cars coming from? Yeah, that's true. It happens both ways. We're always looking forward to next time. Thank you, guys. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.